Good evening and welcome to Heavy Matters episode 38 with myself, Joey, him, Benny, and tonight we are reviewing albums from... That was supposed to be a drum roll, but it actually sounded like a, a dud machine gun. Sounds like one of the bands we're going to review today. <laughs> it does, yeah, very machined. Um, and that band is Fear Factory, their latest album, Aggression Continuum, uh, Fractal Universe is the Impassable Horizon, and Noir's EP, Are We Really Alive? So, Benny, you okay there, mate? Yeah, Just... I'm in uh, a makeshift recording studio here. <laughs> for, for, those, for those who don't know, Benny is... You're in Dorset, aren't you? I am, and, mate. And um, you're in your mum's house. And we did a test recording. It was very echoey. Um, so he's now, he's literally under a sheet <laughs> and I've taken a picture and I'm going to put it up along with the uh, socials like, when we release the episode so everyone it's can very, understand. It's very warm in here. but I'd um, say, yeah. It's otherwise very echoey and there's uh, sounds of my mother speaking on the telephone <laughs> to one of her mates. So uh... <laughs> She's still as loud as I remember her, your mum. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, but other than that, you're good. So you've been on, you're you're on holes, aren't you? I'm on holiday, so yeah. I'm, I've been down the beach today. Oh. And, oh, having a lovely time watching the football. Yeah, been... wasn't last night incredible? It was. Yeah, it was lovely. Oh, one of the best nights I can remember of supporting England in my 36 years. Yeah, it was good. We Johnny had a fan zone arranged, so we were all around there. Oh, nice. It was lovely. Yeah. I didn't get anything get an invite, obviously. Would have been a little bit of a journey. Would have been a bit of a track, yeah. But I would have joined it. Anyway, enough about that. Let's talk heavy music. And let's kick off our first album. And it is by Fear Factory. It is their 10th album. Album? Album, album. Aggression <laughs> Continuum. Benny, did you know the manufacturer is 26 years old this year? Oh, we are very old, aren't we? Like, we were 10 when that was released. Yeah, we probably didn't pick it up when we were 10. No, we? no. But yeah, it's... Uh, oh, we've done that as a deep cut and had a lovely time doing so. Yeah. I mean, cast your, your, your mind back to when we were sitting in Colby's shed while others were doing things we shan't mention on air and listening to the likes of Solar Moon Machine and D-Manufacture endlessly to death. Yes. 26 years and on the 10th album now that's mental isn't it but anyway let's get into it um so this is the final album with burton and it's been a munter of a journey um to get here i think it was recorded in 2017 and then there was issues with dino and the band name and bankruptcy and it was recorded with drums um drum machines and then there was a crowd go fund me to get mike hellier back to re-record the drums live and finally it's come out and it feels like a well certainly from dino's point of view it feels like a massive weight has been lifted off his shoulders um you're obviously not on social media and and he's got considerable weight behind him yes yes um he has carried this band it's his lifeblood um, he obviously wasn't in the band for a few few albums. We might touch on them as we go through the review. But you have to take your hat off to Dino. He has come out the other side and, well, we'll talk about what sort of album they, he has released. But, Benny, were you excited about hearing this album or were you sort of, it's uh, another Fear Factory album? Yeah, I'm, I was so deeply in on those early albums, but I did really rather check out um, probably, probably after Digimortal, really, if I'm being Ooh. honest. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've dipped into Genexus and others, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I it's fair to say I did check out for a, for a greater or lesser extent. So, so yeah, I think in the context of heavy matters and get really getting into the bones of it. I was quite interested in, in reviewing it, but yeah, otherwise it wouldn't have had a lot of anticipation for me. Okay. So go on then. What were your um, expectations of the album and did it meet them? I suppose is the question. Yeah. I, I mean, my, my expectations went super high. I think at this 
stage and we've said it with a few bands like a new Fear Factory album is coming out, you broadly know what to expect. You know, they're not all of a sudden going to release a trap album or like, do you know, we, we know what it's broadly going to sound like. And I think what you hope for is good songs um, that are going to ho- hold the album up and good performances. And do you know, without summarizing your review in one, one line, I mean, I've been pres- pleasantly surprised by listening to this album. Um, and certainly liked it probably more than I thought I would. I have been absolutely blown away by how good this album is. It is. I've followed, I'd say followed, with inverted commas, Fear Factory. Um, You know, you said you lost interest in Digimortal. I sort of carried on. Like, Archetype, I thought was brilliant. Um, Transgression, Mechanic Eyes, you know, they're okay. Um, When I heard this being released... I was like you, probably just expecting another Fear Factory album, but it is absolutely brilliant what they have done. Oh, great! Burton sounds incredible. Um, he is no, he has never sounded um, so angry. I don't think uh, you know vocally uh, the way he sounds and his cleans sound incredible now have to caveat this and say that obviously a lot of work is probably done on vocals uh sorry on burton's vocals in the studio because we you and i both know that live he is an absolute um hit and miss um when it comes to hitting those high vocals it's a real shame that this is the end of burton in fear factory because even with not hitting those you know live ones he is still one of the founding members of Fear Factory. Um, but for an album to bow out on, um, I think Burton sounds absolutely incredible. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you've summed it up there. Burton is a bit of an enigma. He does sound so good on records. You don't know what kind of wizardry goes on behind the scenes there. He is very well known to be hit and miss live. Um, but he does have a really distinctive voice. His voice, to me, is an integral part of Fear Factory. Those soaring choruses, do you know, they still do hit home. Um, I think his harsh vocal still is an important part of their sound. So, so yeah, I think it does. It, it, I definitely agree with what you say. That does sound great. And talking of um, his clean vocals hitting home, the first track on the album um, with the when the chorus kicks in, it was a real nostalgic moment for me. Like, like I said, I don't really listen to Fear Factory that often. They hold a very dear place in my heart. But when I heard Burton in the first song, um, uh, Recode, and he sung that uh, clean chorus, it really was a nostalgic, like beautiful moment to hear it. And uh, really gave me uh, a bit of a sort of emotional boost uh, upon hearing it. And it still does now. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, just to pick up on that, I, I love Recode and I love the chorus on that. I, I mean, it starts off with the absolutely textbook Terminator sample. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it couldn't possibly be a Fear Factory album without it. And um, yeah, it, it's got really, and this is something um, that I say throughout the whole album, but it's got really, and I don't know if there's something you picked up. But, it's got really nice um, synth and orchestration mm. overlays throughout the whole album, but in particular that, and I think um, you get a, a question, do you know, it, it, it kind of really comes in and then after the orchestration, you're hit with that classic industrial Fear Factory sound. And um, yeah, I, I think that chorus is, uh, is really cool. I love it. There have been a few times where I've just been cycling somewhere and just having that on and really going for it. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. You you mentioned the synths and that was something I was going to pick up on later, but you mentioned now, I think there's synths on this album, symphonies, whatever, keys, really take it to a next level. I think if it was just the classic, I mean, obviously Fear Factory are known for using samples and like obsolete Digimortal, but... The, the synth, like you said, the synths that sort of sway in and out of the tracks, I think it just yeah. adds such a fantastic element to it and really takes it on a level. And I think that's one of the reasons why I think this is one of their best albums um, in a long time. 
Yeah, agree. And and it's like you say, they're used to having synths and additional sounds, but it's it's been more of a in the past, more of a kind of sci-fi futuristic eighties sounding synth, whereas this is more strings and orchestration i think it really adds to it 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 reminds me in places and again this is something i wanted to mention is it does remind me particularly in that first track recode of um some of the stuff devon townsend did on the devon townsend project that kind of strings and orchestration we know um with strapping young lad fear factory were were a huge influence on on devon townsend at that early stage and i just wonder if things have gone a little bit full circle and then fear factory are taking a bit of influence back from him so uh yeah that that's something that's certainly caught my ear when i was listening along to to the first track but the whole album uh, as a piece as well Mm. and i'm delighted that they got mike hellier in to do the drums now obviously i haven't heard the um the previous version where it was uh, programmed, but the drums sound incredible. And it's every, every, Fear Factory, even from the beginning, like Raymond Herrera was along with Dino was known as, you know, his bass, his double bass patterns, his machine like drumming. And I'm just delighted that, that even on this album now, it's so like the, the double bass rolls are really tight machine. Like everything the snare is that classic machine gun sound. Um, mm-hmm. I just think everything that, you know, Fear Factory are a well, a machine. But I'm just delighted that they do have live drumming on this. And you know, he got a lot of stick at the time, Dino, for asking for a crowdfund to, you know, support and get someone in to do the live drums. Whereas people were saying, oh, it's just being used for his legal bills. So I'm actually delighted that he got into that and has got the live drums on there because it does make such a difference. Yeah. I, I... I think you're right. I think it'd be a very easy band for there to be a lot of um, Pro Tools or, you know, <clears throat> program drums and whatnot. But I think it is an important thing for their band as a whole to have live instruments, etc. Mm. Um, and there's some tracks on here. Uh, there's a couple I want to chat about. Fuel Injected Suicide Machine is one of the best Fear Factory songs I've heard in. I mean, I honestly couldn't tell you when. It is absolutely brutal, relentless, and will be incredible to see live. Whoever is performing yeah. on vocals, obviously. Yeah, it's a really good industrial churning kind of repetitive machine-like riff. And I love that I hate everything bridge and then really melodic chorus, the kind of I am your savior really reminds me of obsolete era. Mm. Um, Fear Factory for sure. Yeah, great show. Um, and then there's Collapse, which has this monstrous riff on a eight string guitar. Which yeah, um, it's a proper drop oh, D, isn't it? Yeah, it's like um, Meshuga esque, isn't it? Um, yeah. But delighted to see that in there as well. That's an absolute monstrous track. And then the, the final track I want to touch on, Benny, before you um, chuck your two cents in is. The last track, End of the Line. Um, and I wonder if it's a subtle goodbye to Burton, this, you know, the song title being called End of mm-hmm. the Line. Um, the, the outro is actually quite emotional and upsetting. I say upsetting, but it is quite emotional the way it, it finishes up. And I just wonder whether the song title was already agreed um, once Burton had done the vocals or whether it's been added in later. But... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just I'll say my few bits now. I think from from the opening recode to the closing end of the line and everything sandwiched in between, this has blown me away. That's great. I mean, it's to for them to be on such a so far down the track in terms of their career and still have that effect is it's really good. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with one the tracks you picked out for sure. Um, pure injected suicide machines a stand out for me collapse i think yeah it's got that proper drop d sound to it almost new metal era um sound to the guitars on that but and i definitely commend it for being a bit different to fear factory's usual industrial kind of fare and um <clears throat> monolith i really liked um which was again towards the end of the album uh, and again they've just switched things up a little bit on that uh, but 
albeit with that anthemic chorus still still in there. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I think there was a lot of um, standard Fear Factory, but there's also um, influencing elements of other bands. I mentioned Devin Townsend. I think there's a fair amount of Sepultura in certain songs on the album. And um, yeah, for me, a real pleasant surprise and much better than I was expecting. Delighted to hear it. I suppose the next um, the next step for the band will be who's going to come in on vocals. Um, will they be able to do the job, number one? Will the fans accept the new singer? And I'd like to think that um, everyone will give the new singer a chance, whoever it may be. Um, but as we said, Burton Live hasn't really nailed it. I mean, the times I've seen, it's been very, very hit and miss uh, when I've seen Burton sing. So next person coming in and do a great job. But I mean, the band is tight, you know, with Tony Campos on bass now and Mike Hedley on drums. Dino is always a tight guitarist. So they've got the band there. Hopefully they get someone in who can do uh, this new album, Justice, and um, the previous tracks as well. And I'm really looking forward to seeing them back on the road and seeing what their next steps are. Um, Benny, do you want to go first with your... Yeah, I, I mean, it might seem a bit harsh after all we've said, but I've gone 7 out of 10. And um, yeah, I was, as I say, delighted with um, what what it was in relation to my expectations. Really good listen. Certain tracks on that are, are real highlights. As I say, the opening track, I loved listening while cycling along at high speed. And uh, yeah, really good. Really good. 7. Hmm. Um, this is probably my album of the year so far wow geez oh yeah this is getting a nine out of ten for me wow I'm it shocked. is absolutely brilliant i said like and and i think as well i was thinking this the other day we review a lot of bands we listen to a lot of bands where we have very different tastes like you, you you're a big fan of like tesseract and the gent you know i'm a big fan of black metal scene etc etc and i was thinking the other day there hasn't been a lot of bands who have stuck to that classic metal formula. We're either mm-hmm. listening to someone who is prog tech death or, do you know, all these other genres. Yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. just, I was just delighted to hear this album just giving me some classic metal. metal. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I, I mean? Agree. And and, um, it, and it was a good time back in the 90s when you did have bands like Fear Factory, like Typo Negative, like Sepultura. They all basically on Roadrunner, they all were metal, but they all had their own thing going on and sounded quite different to one another. And it was quite a golden age. And, um, you know, you're right. It is good to have those bands still producing good albums at the end of the day. And one last thing I'd say is Fear Factory Connoisseur, our friend Pete Udall, friend of the show, um, he gives this album a definite big thumbs up. So coming from oh. him, that is a, a gold yeah. seal. That is, yeah. Um, delighted to hear that from Pete as well. I was chatting to him saying how good this was because <clears throat> obviously I can't talk to you and I was saying this is incredible. And uh, yeah, I'm absolutely delighted with it. In my top 20 for sure, it'll be really high up at the end of the year, I can guarantee you that. Um, so that was Fear Factory, Aggression Continuum. And we're moving on to our second review. And this is by a French band called Fractal Universe. And the album is called The Impassable Horizon. This is their third release. So a French band playing prog tech metal, I think, might be the the right phrase to use, Benny. Is that... Yeah, I have. what have I gone for? I've gone for... Um... Sci-fi prog death metal. <laughs> okay, so sim- similar to uh, earlier Gorgira, maybe. Yeah, if we're talking French bands. If is um, it because they're French? Yeah, that's the reason why. <laughs> um, no, there's um, so Rivers of Nihil, especially yeah. ring true with this. Um, Beyond Creation. Yeah, I'm not sure if you've heard them. Um, that sort of ilk of um, yeah. technical Whilst we're bandying names about, yeah. I, I've, there was a really good 
Well, there's a really good band called The Faceless who have been around or, or were around for a while, though I'm not sure they do much these days, but they released an album a, quite a good few years ago now called Autotheism, which of this style um, really reminded me of that. And that is a really great album. Okay. I might have to go back and check up on that faceless. Um, okay, so did you hear? Because I obviously was pushed. I pushed this one on. Um, have you listened to Fractal Universe before? Or are you never of heard of them? Never okay. heard of them. Yeah. Although they are on Metal Blade, aren't they? So um, correct. You know they're on a big label. They're from good stock. Aye. Um, okay, very interesting. Um, their last album was 2019, so two years ago. Re- Rhythms of Insanity. I don't know if I've said that right. Um, I I listened to that album a, lot, um, a while back, a while, a while ago, um, and didn't really revisit it for whatever reason. Uh, probably something else came out at the time. Um, but when I saw this coming up as a album being released, um, it triggered, and I was like, right, I need to listen to this. And uh, I heard the first single, A Clockwork Existence, I think it's called, A Clockwork Expectation. Um, and fell in love with it straight away. Um, and you know me, Benny, I'm not one for singles, but I just had to check this one out. Um, so straight away, yeah, this, let's, let's throw this on. Um, and when I say Rivers of Nihil, because Where Owls Know My Name was my number one album in 2018, was it? 18, yeah. perhaps, yeah. Um, I absolutely loved the arse of the album, listened to it non stop. Um, and the fact that they had saxophones in there um, was totally mind-blowing to me. And therefore, it becomes no surprise that when I heard a sax on this album, I was blown away. And quick, a quick story. They were on um, uh, Twitch or something the other night, Friday, doing the album release. And uh, I quickly asked a question. I said, uh, the second track was the work entitled The Joy of Sax. And they didn't. They just said no. It was something like... Two five four or something, just a number. So I shot <laughs> shot down and snubbed uh, by the band. Burn. Absolute yeah, burn. absolute Maybe burn. the humour didn't translate in French. Yeah, no. Um, okay, so Benny, technical death metal is is definitely up your street, isn't it? Yeah, it's a weird one. Um, so on paper, this is exactly up my street. Technical kind of progressive death metal um, has kind of a load of influences they bring in a jazz element you've touched on the sax but even just the, the musical elements of the sax and um i mean sometimes you can just tell what's coming from the front cover of an album yeah. can't you you can and it's fair to say that is the case with this one it's a difficult one i find sometimes with a super technical death metal that um some you can clearly hear they're brilliant musicians and sometimes you feel like the technicality comes somewhat at the expense of the songs and sometimes you think you know they've got all these flourishing guitar and drum parts and you can tell they're amazing musicians but sometimes it it feels like slightly expensive writing a good song at the end of the day I feel that's why albums like um, the ones you mentioned, but in particular where the owls, um, where was it? Where the owls know my where, name. Where owls know my name. Where owls know my name. Do you know when an album like that comes along, which has is the whole package and it has brilliant songs, but also that technicality and everything melding in in a pot with great effect. Um, that's why they are so special. But sometimes, I guess what I'm trying to say is sometimes these albums can leave me a little bit cold when it is just so much technicality and the songs just go by the wayside somewhat. Are you saying that this is over-technical for you or are they... Because I'm really interested uh, to hear your comment on this now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, look, I think I've probably heard it four or five times and I think with these kind of albums you probably need to listen to them a whole heap more than that Mm. my initial feelings when I first heard it were like this is just too technical I'm not really it's not really grabbing me um I'm not really getting a memorable aspect to any of these songs I have to say that is changing with more and more listens and the more I've listened to it the more you can hold on to 
and the more memorable it does become clearly from listening to it a few more times but yeah my first impressions were oh this is all a bit cold clinical a lot going on musically but is it all they're they're throwing a lot at the wall but is it all sticking do you know what i mean yeah and it's interesting you say that because i have listened to this way more than what you have and i 100% agree with you're saying a lot of these bands are they like you said are they doing it for the sake of it but when you actually listen to this more and more you you it actually settles a lot better it sticks a lot more and you you don't find yourself overwhelmed i think is probably the word yeah with yeah, with yeah. the with the technical technicality of it all um <clears throat> certainly like even today i was listening to it before we um started recording and i was listening to uh i think is it win- winter drops uh, sorry uh withering snowdrops yeah and i was just thinking like why have i never heard this before i keep picking up things i haven't heard so i think it definitely does in that in that respect get better and better um they are very obviously talented musicians Absolutely. and what i will say is we often talk about progression uh between albums and in bands this is a band where there is no clearer progression between the last album and this album. They have, like, literally, probably, I don't know, I'm just throwing up ten times they have gone over what from the last album. A lot more progressive, certainly with the saxophones, but the, the tracks seem to be a lot more well thought out. You know, the, they're using specific techniques in certain parts of the song, and for me, who's a big prog lover, um, and not so much the death metal side of things this is a perfect blend for me personally yeah i i mean i I can't really speak to their previous album so as i said as i mentioned i'm not too familiar with their previous work but um yeah i think the track you've mentioned is was what was some of the so the tracks that i really enjoyed were withering snow snowdrops and then followed by the black sails and melancholia i really like the black sails and melancholia i think that's that i think everything worked a little bit better i felt you know it did start off a bit more mellow there's some there's some jazz influences sax for me, I found slightly jarring earlier in the album. And I, you know, don't get me wrong, I loved sax on that Resident Evil album. Um, but for me, when I heard it on this, I was, you know, we, we are hearing more and more sax in metal, you know, it's certain in the last few years in all, in all branches of metal, we're hearing a lot more sax. And so it isn't such a, a quote unquote new thing. Um, and I found it a little bit jarring when it's you when it was used in in the start of the album. Um, but certainly, I felt with the tracks, particularly "Black Sails" and "Melancholia," the ja- the sax worked a lot better. It wasn't too overboard. There wasn't too much going on. And then you get this incredible drop, this really heavy death metal drop. Um, at about two and a half minutes and then it freaks out into a really jazzy kind of guitar solo after that so that for me was the sweet spot where i think they did turn down all the elements that were going into it and it allowed it to be a bit more of a coherent song for me you, you i just picked on something that you said there's a lot going on i my feeling is and i'm just trying to get your opinion this this isn't an album that someone will just pick up and get into straight away no agree agree i I mean there's a a, a, look we've reviewed a few albums like this where there's no doubt imperial triumphant is one ulcerate is another where you know you stick it on first time and it is bewildering um everything that's fired at you um and this is similar in that in that vein and i think you're right that it does develop more and more after more and more listens and you almost get a little bit desensitized to everything that's going on that allows a bit more clarity and you to pick up individual parts a little bit more. Mm, very good point. Um, I think f- fans of R- Rivers of Nihil and I'm thinking especially of our friend Martin Haddock right now will, will really enjoy this album. Um, there's a track on here, the one for me, and I've been hesitant to use this cliche, but is there piece de resistance? is um <clears throat> falls of the earth it's it's five minutes long so it's actually not one of the longest on the album um because the tracks are quite long but what they managed to squeeze in in five minutes is quite ridiculous they have 
harsh vocals, pick slides, slow, uh, slow, mellow instruments, clean vocals, these quirky guitar lines, and then they throw in these chugging riffs, the double bass passages, and the guitar solo as well, for me, encapsulates what this band are about. And I think if if you're hesitant about going for this, I would definitely either say, and this is me personally, Benny, you can disagree, I would, to get a feel of what this band are about, I would go for Falls of the Earth as a starting point, and then probably Withering Snowdrops. Yeah, I mean, just to add to, to some of the things you said, it falls to earth. I picked out some palm mutes, um, some p- pinch harmonics on there. So yeah, they used the full, the full kind of gamut um, of guitar um, tricks to their disposal. But yeah, yeah, it is a, it's a good track for sure. I mean, again, this is going to be a another high score from me from what I've said. This is another brilliant album and. As we said in the Fear Factory uh, review a minute ago, there is so much out there um, in different genres and sub-genres of, of the metal world that you can find yourself falling into. I really love that this band have... Uh, well, f- sorry, one thing, being French. Not, sorry, not being French. <laughs> being from France. <laughs> yeah, congratulations, you're French. You've done well. No, um, being from France, which, um, you know, notoriously is a small pool of metal bands, but they've come out and they've created something that I think will stand um, the test of time in this genre. And I would bloody love to see this played live and see how it sounds because there is a lot to it. You're right. Um, there's a lot going on that I think, I mean, between the four of them in the band, to see it played live would be something quite spectacular. Yeah, yeah, and it, I, I mean, it goes same for Rivers and Nihil. I'm really interested to see how um, really complex albums like this get carried over live. You, you would it would demand a really top quality sound engineer live to because it relies on so many moving parts you'd need that double bass really clean and crisp um, Mm. to pick out you can imagine it all could get muddy quite easily so yeah I think um, yeah I think it would be something to see it played live in it to um, yeah do justice to what they've created on the album for sure Mm. I think um, the guitarist from Gorgira not Joe, the other one, and uh, his name eludes me. But I think he's doing the stage production for the band. Okay. Um, oh, I can't remember his name now. But anyway, the other guitarist, um, <clears throat> which is nice to see some uh, French bands helping each other out. Um, for you, Benny, is this one of, how am I going to phrase this? Before you give me your rating, is this one of the better albums you've heard in this genre for a while? Yeah, I'd I'd say as I say, I this is a weird one for me, and as I say, on paper should be right up my street, but for for reasons I've I've kind of stated, sometimes they don't always hit home, and it is often that really impressive musicianship technicality that just overweighs some of the songs sometimes for me, and and the way I would describe it is it often chimes more with the head than with the heart if that makes sense. Certainly, I think you get into the lyrical realms. It's all quite abstract sci-fi themes. Um, so so often, you know, it doesn't hit home with the heart quite as much. And, and you know, the same thing could be said with bands like June, and I clearly gave that a very good rating. So it is not a universal thing, but, um, but yeah, for, for sure. It, look, it, I'd be a fool coming on here and saying you know it's crap or whatever else um, because it's clearly not that but as I say it's just one of those things that I think is more chimes with the head than the heart for me I think that's a very fair point actually mate um, very fair um, I would agree with that very much so I've never thought of it like that well done yeah well done. I mean I don't I can't imagine being like do you know some bands me and you would see and we'd be tops off, arm in arm, singing along to every word like our lives depending on it? Do you know, those are the bands that hit the heart. Whereas this I can have on and be like, oh man, that sounds incredible. And like, oh, that 
double bass drop sounds amazing and that sax solo you know really fits in well there but it's all kind of works on a more intellectual level than on a pure visceral level if that makes sense and as i say there's room in our church for every all genres you know so this clearly has a place but that that is my overarching review of the album for me okay that's fair um I'll go first on my rating. This is um, one of the best releases of 2021, for sure, for me. Um, it'll definitely be in my top 20 albums of the year. Where it stands, I don't know. Um, I'm giving it an 8 out of 10, and, and the only reason it's getting an 8 and not a 9, it could potentially be a 9 by the end of the year. We often talk about this, how albums grow and grow. Um, I think if this was released before Rivers of Nihil, I would have been very high, but um, just the fact that Rivers and Eagle have been there before, and I'm not saying they're copying at all, but it's just it, it wasn't something new to me. Um, but that being said, very, very good album, and will be in my top 20 end of the year for sure. Good lad. I mean, you've essentially said a lot of the things that I would say. I found it very difficult to rate, so I don't often do this, but I look to see some of the other reviews that are out there, and I, and I was really interested to see that it was really polarized in metal hammer it got something like four out of ten what and in distorted sound it got 10 out of 10 and in prog uh in prog space it got nine out of ten so it's really kind of polarizing reviews i'm kind of in the middle and I've gone 7 out of 10 for it. I think it definitely could grow to an 8 out of 10. I think I've said I'm 5 or 6 listens into my curve. And with a few more listens, that could go to an 8. I don't think it would ever be a 9 for me for the reasons I mentioned. that I just don't think it would hit home straight into the solar plexus for me. But um, yeah, re- like, look, as I say, super technical, super... Um, loads of different influences i think i agree with what you say it's not the first time i've heard something like this particularly the faceless album reminds me a lot of this this um album so yeah i don't think it's the first time we've ever heard this um but yeah really really good album excellent delighted to see it. i'm i'm googling who's given that a fucking five out of four out of ten on metal hammer that's ridiculous <clears throat> find that um, I will text it to you later. Yeah, do. Um, <laughs> I was okay, going to so text it to you beforehand, but I thought, oh, better not. Jesus. <laughs> Didn't want to stoke any fires. So. Oh, yeah, you, you're right. Well, in fact, I've already set a fire under you a little bit, I can tell. <laughs> you have. Um, that is Fractal Universe, The Impassable Horizon. Um, it's not a 4 out of 10 album at all. It's a lot higher than that. Fucking idiots. Um Okay, uh, so we're going to move on to our final um, album now. And this is um, by a band called Noir. And the EP is called Are We Really Alive? This is a debut EP from Bristol New Metalers. Now, bear with us. Bear with us when you hear the new word new metal. Because I know when you hear new metal these days, it doesn't mean the slipknots of the past. Um, this came into our inbox from a... PR company, I can't remember her name, apologies, I can't remember her name, sorry, um, and she said, oh, have a listen, and uh, I thought, yeah, on this show, you know, and on our website, we're about supporting, you know, big and uh, underground, uh, smaller bands, and yeah, we, we are going to review it, um, so here we are, um, and this is completely, um, there's nothing to go on previously, um, I think they had a couple of singles, perhaps, um, but this is completely new ground for myself and Benny. And uh, I know, I remember saying, saying to you, Benny, this new metal one we're reviewing, and your your face winced. I could see it through. <laughs> I could see it through text. Your face <laughs> wincing, like you just like bitten into a lemon, and your face soured up. You're such sour, sour puss. Um, so. And then I think we text uh, uh, maybe the weekend, and I think you said I'm really interested to hear about your uh, your review on this uh, this album. So, okay, let's 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 get it right. Okay, new metal 
back in the day was when Slipknot came out, when Corn, Limp Biscuit, etc., 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 and it was a massive scene. And clearly, you spoke about it earlier. Roadrunner mopped up with these new metal bands. It was absolutely huge. They made tons of money, and then it died. And we've seemed to have come into this now gent-ish era or alternate. Anyway, and so when you hear new metal these days, you think, right, what's it going to be like? So there was definitely, definitely apprehension and trepidation when I put this on first. So with that, I've done my intro, Benny. What was your, what was, what was, hey, this is my job. I do the intro, then I ask the questions. This is, this is how it is. When I, I want to hear, when I sent you this and said, this is a new metal album, what was your feeling? I, I was horrified with the thought of reviewing the new metal album. I mean, there has been somewhat of a revival of new metal. The obvious band is Issues, um, which here I've got no real time for. Um, and to be honest, I stuck this on waiting for like some bad head PE to come out of the speakers. But I, for, to my ears, like... Correct me if you feel differently, but to my eyes, there's not a whole heap of new metal in this. I mean, I don't know if what your relationship is, but with bands like Hacktivist, certainly for mm. me, there's a lot more kind of bands like Hacktivist. And again, there's an even more modern thing that old folks like us definitely aren't attuned to. But do you know the kind of Ghost Main, Scar Lord, that kind of trap? metal that you know you know we kind of read about but don't really go in for and is much more of a young man's sport but there's a lot more of that for me than um do you know spine shank <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay yeah fair very fair comment um very fair i do agree with that what but i also think the new metal tag is probably fair because it's very hard to fit them in. There's a lot going on in this album, but we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, Benny, the, I, I actually said they're blending like hip-hop, rap, metal into one, but not like in a Cypress Hill way. I think you made a very good point with the hacktivist there because the hacktivist vocals are very much like the streets at times. Yeah. Um, so I, when I first heard it, right... I was interested. It did grab my attention because of what was going on. So I'll pass the baton on to you, Ben. Oh, <laughs> um, look, I mean, I feel slightly uneasy reviewing it as it's not really my expertise. Like, I'm there's no one in the world who wants to hear me commenting on how God, how good or bad a guy is at rapping or whatever else because I am no expert on it um what struck me quite early on um was you know i i was not enamored too much with some of the vocal lines on it i felt the vocals were, some of the, the vocal lines are pretty basic i mean the third track spineless starts off with the, <laughs> the line it's too quiet i need violence yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just like, when I, I at that point I was wincing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, a later example is um, how to start a fire without any matches is the chorus to Phantom. I just there are a few times I was just groaning a little bit at, at some of the very disappointing lyrics. I, there's a glitch in the matrix. I I could go on. Um, <laughs> I just that instantly just slightly set my back up okay got a few antibodies going against it for me um so if you're wanting to put a more positive spin on it it's probably a good time to jump in now mate no i do you know i um i agree with what you said there because um i think the first track demon's eye um the vocals start off i was like no this isn't going to be for me at all um i think the vocals, those parts you're talking about, like the spoken uh, or clean, whatever you want to call it, they are they aren't great. But what I will say on a positive spin is that when 
he is rapping or singing, whatever. It, it does actually, it is a very interesting technique he has, and it certainly does add something a bit spicier to the songs. Um, that does keep me a bit more interested. Yeah, I, I think it's worth saying for me, the choruses, um, they it seemed they something that was quite new meta about them is that they did try and go for some quite melodic commercial sounding choruses. Uh, and I just, again, slightly groaned when they came in, just thinking, you know, it did sound a bit edgier when the guy's rapping and, you know, yeah. and then the, the really melodic choruses come in and I, I kind of groaned and think, oh man, this is, this is not good. Um, I for me to put a bit more of a positive spin on it, I mm. thought it, it got a bit more interesting towards the end of the album. Like I need you um, was musically like probably yeah. I didn't want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> didn't want to say that. Um, musically is probably the most interesting um, part of the album, um, and in that point when it gets heavy, it, it does get quite heavy. Um, and I liked Hollow. Um, it does start off with a quite standard kind of gangster rap xylophone, uh, someone rapping over the xylophone. Um, but, it, do you know, it's a seven-minute track. It's clearly they've got some ambitions there. Um, one, an, another slight negative thing is something you see a lot in modern pop music, but that kind of, I don't know if you know what I mean when I say there's um, auto-tuning on the vocals, it's kind of a modern thing you hear in pop music, like that vocoder kind of auto-tuning on the vocals. I mean, that I didn't think sounded great on this album, I'm afraid to say. Okay, so you've <clears throat> okay, you've had your, your say. Um, <laughs> you've had your say. Um, <clears throat> I listened to it once and I didn't like it. I'll say it there. I have to admit, it is it, it did grow on me. A lot more than I thought. I've listened to it maybe five times now. Um, and it passed the uh, dinner table test. I put it on and the wife really enjoyed it. So she's obviously, uh, she's got a bit of a thicker ear when it comes to metal. Look, it's an EP. It's their debut EP. Um, they're obviously a youngish band. <clears throat> they, I'm, I'm going to say, do they not really know what sort of direction they want to go in? Because I think there's definitely some stronger elements to it, like the rapping. Um, certainly, like you touched on, the, the hacktivist uh, reference to the guitars, there's definitely something they have there. I think if they maybe owned in that a bit more and s stayed away from the clean, bring me the horizon, architect style, um, clean singing, I think there's probably definitely potential in there. I didn't hate it, is where I'm at. And I think Demons, the, the Demon's Eye that I thought was, uh, it evolves really well. And, and it, it did grow on me. Um, there's some great riffs in there, Halfway Through Spineless. Phantom's got a very hooky chorus, I must admit. And the rapping really fits really well in there. Um, I like, I like a hole in the head um, was a bit of a miss for me. But overall... <clears throat> I'm going to sort of say it again, <clears throat> debut EP, you know, UK band that we're obviously trying to support. I think it's a great effort. Would they be going headlining tours? Mm, maybe not right now. Would they be supporting some up and coming bands potentially? And I think that probably will help with their fan base. Um, I just think they need to decide which route they want to go down next. Yeah. Mate, you, you've been totally fair. And look, this is the last thing I want to be doing is sticking the boot in in a young British band. Do you know, they're the exact band we want to be supporting on this show. And, do you know, look, what I'd say is what I said earlier is that, do you know, I'm probably not the best person to be reviewing this. This isn't our wheelhouse in any stretch. You talk to us about trap. We kind of don't know what that means. So we are probably not the best people to be reviewing it. I think what we're trying to do is, you know, cover a broad range of stuff on here, give exposure to young bands. And um, yeah, I think like you say, there's certainly potential there. Yeah. And that's fair. Look, we've <clears throat> we've listened to it. We, I certainly don't hate it. Um, I would play it again. 
I, I won't lie. I would, would play it again at some point. Um, and it's a it's a great effort from a from a British band, and that's like you said, Benny. That's what we're here to do: support smaller underground bands um, and give them a bit of coverage. And that's what we've done. And I think we've been totally fair on that. Um, I mean, they've come in at a bad time when we're reviewing Fear Factory and uh, Fractal Universe to, to follow them. But look, um, that's that. So, Benny, we don't rate EPs, do we? So uh, we're not going to give it. Look, I, I'm going to say it's a, a fair effort from them. And leave it at that. Is that fair from you? Yeah. Fine for me, mate. Okay. Um, so, three albums there. Fear Factory, Fractal Universe, and uh, Noir. Uh, Noir, by the way, is spelled N-O colon I-R, if you're looking on... Um, in capitals. In capitals, yeah. Very important. Um, if you're looking for them. Um, we have, obviously, uh, the website is up and running now. Our first review, Substorian and Masquerade, is on there. There are two more from me that will be going up in the next month or so. And I think Benny's going to get his uh, quill and ink out and start grafting a few as well. Yeah, I'm uh, currently, my holiday reading is the, the Maynard Keen, James Keenan biography. So I think I'm, that's going to be my first book review on the oh, website. Very good. Excellent. Um, and we're on. Um, Twitter and Instagram, heavy underscore matters. Um, and on our next show, we have got a very mixed mixed bag, haven't we, mate? We're doing yeah. Earn. You'll have to pronounce the next black metal band. Pam to... Panopticon. Yeah, that's the one. And yeah. um, we are also going to be looking at Underdark. Yes. Who we will be hopefully welcoming onto the show to have a little chat about as well. Um, so that's us for this week. Benny, I hope you enjoy the rest of your holiday, mate. You look very Thank relaxed, you. I must say. Thank it's you. And I think your... it's going to be sunny, so uh, yeah. Yeah, it's nice seeing instead of feeling looking a bit tired from uh, a night shift <laughs> or something, you look recharged and uh, ready, you, ready to go to battle. So I will speak to you in the week, but I'll speak to our listeners probably next week at some point with our episode thirty-nine. That Good is man. for us. This is from us over and out. Stay safe and rock on.